Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, it's Dr. Roto. Get out the insurance cards. Get out the copay. The office is open, my friends. All right, looking forward to our show today. Got two hours with you from now until 4 p.m. Eastern. I've got uh, a man who is in our online championship on with me next segment. His main name, his name is Jerry Bryant. He's a very good player, and uh, we'll talk to him about his team. We'll do a little fantasy baseball today, a little basketball talk today, because there's the draft tonight, and certainly plenty, plenty, I promise you, plenty of football talk to talk about. But there's a piece of news that literally just came out maybe about 15 minutes ago that makes me really upset. I guess it, there's, there's a fantasy relation here, but I don't know. Sometimes things supersede fantasy, and it just becomes life. Major League Baseball has granted the Tampa Bay Rays permission to explore the idea of playing around half of their home games in Montreal. According to the report from ESPN's Jeff Passan, the Rays would play early season home games in Tampa and the remainder of the year in Montreal. Yeah, that makes sense. Let me go to Montreal in September and October when it's colder. Got it. Okay. Passive notes that the plan is in its early stages, but that the Rays have embraced the two-city solution as the most feasible to saving baseball in the Tampa Bay area after years of failed attempts to build a new stadium in the region. Tropicana Field has averages 14,000 fans per game, the second lowest attendance in the majors, despite the Rays being one of the best teams. So, there is, when you think of baseball, you think of your team, and you do think of spring training. Spring training is in Florida. Spring training's in Arizona. But the regular season, you don't think of baseball in Florida. You just don't. Floridians don't come out to watch baseball. We don't. Now, the Rays are darn good. If, if I were to go out for a team, I've, certainly the Rays would be on my top five. I would go pay to see the Rays. I kid you not. I would go take money out of my wallet and pay for the Rays. I would. The reason I don't do it is that I'm like two hours south of Tampa. And no offense, I really don't want to drive up two hours to watch a two-hour game to drive home two hours. I'm not dying to do that. I mean, maybe if my, my son or my daughter or my wife was more interested, maybe I'd do it, but they're not. My daughter could care less about sports. My wife likes baseball, but yeah. And my son likes the NBA. It's just, not, it's just not a winner. Not a winner for us. Trust me when I tell you I asked my son if he wanted to get season tickets to the Buccaneers games. He's like, no. It's a horrible day in my life. I wanted to go so badly. So that just gives you an idea. When you live down here, the weather's good. 
people don't want to go indoors for baseball. That's not to say that the Rays don't have a, a crowd. I can tell you that my wife's uncle, his wife, goes and she, like, paints her hair blue. She's crazy. She's like one of those crazy race fans. She gets so into it. But she's one of 14,000 who show up. The point being is it's just not going to work here in Tampa. It was probably a bad idea from the beginning. It has never been good. The Rays have been good. It's never gotten better. And it's never been appreciably better. People just don't go. Football? We love football in Florida. Tampa Bay Bucks, people will go. University of Florida football, you better believe it's packed in the swamp. We love our college football in Florida. Love it. I could do a whole show on college football in Florida and, be, and get calls throughout the day. But baseball, it's just not moving the dial. Spring training, you know what spring training is down here? It's true. People who come down for the month to hang out. So in Fort Myers in the month of March, it is packed here with a bunch of people from Minnesota because we have the Twins and Red Sox are both based out of Fort Myers. So I'm telling you, if I wanted to rent my house out the month of March, I absolutely could in two seconds and get a whole lot of cash for it. I could have half of Mankato in my house in the month of March. It's true. So you go to the Twins games, you go to the Red Sox games, and you know what you find there? Non-Floridians. See, Floridians, we like to be outside. Like to play tennis, like to play golf, like to be on the water, get me to get it fishing, get us in a boat, right? We like to be outdoors, but just not outdoors at a baseball game. So let's be real. It's not going to work here in Tampa. So baseball's got this brilliant idea. Well, we like the Rays because let's let's also take this the truth. The Rays are a very well-run organization. They do the most with the least. They are the new Billy Beans, right? That's how good they're run. They are the ones who came up with the primary pitcher. Everybody thought they were crazy. They're the ones who really, Joe, Joe Madden with the platoon splits, left and right. Nobody did it like Joe Madden. I mean, he got the most out of the, they get the most out of the least. If this was, you know, a crappy team, Trust me when I be telling you the big one, let's get them out of here. But they want to keep the Rays because the Rays are good. They don't want to disband the Rays. So they have this brilliant idea. Let's move it to Montreal. That's a brilliant idea. Didn't the Expos fail too? Do you really think that baseball in Canada is all of a sudden going to be successful now when it wasn't before? Les Expos. I don't think that's a great idea. What are you hoping to get? Some people in the summer wanting to watch the games? Does that sound like a great idea to you? Can't we find another city in America who hasn't failed before? Isn't there a AAA city that wants a team that we got to go all the way up to Montreal? That doesn't make sense to me. We failed in Tampa. We failed in Montreal. So let's put it halftime in both places. That's a good way to build a fan base. That's a great way. I got my race tickets. Oh, yeah, but only for six weeks because then I got to drive up to Montreal and watch them. How's that good? Who comes up with these things? 
Who comes up with these cockamamie ideas? Dumb. Dumb. Put it in a city that wants it. Nashville's a great city. Nashville's a great city. I'd move to Nashville tomorrow. Got to get me a job first, but that's not important. I'd go to Nashville tomorrow. How about Las Vegas? You don't, I think they could sell, they could fill more seats in Vegas or in Nashville. Let's go there. Why do I have to go to Montreal? This is just not a really smart plan. So you're going to piss off two cities. And what about those people who want to see their team? A terrible idea. I get it. I get that you want to save the Rays. Because right now, the Rays are going down a bad pathway. You got a good team that can't make a dollar. And that's really the problem in in sports, the inequity. You got to give the Rays all sorts of credit for being competitive. You really do. But you can't tell me it's fair to put them up against the Yankees and the Red Sox. So here, let me help you. I'm going to help the Rays in one swoop. I am smarter than Major League Baseball. I am. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move them out of that division. I'll move the Rays out of that division. How about let's have a trade? Let's trade the Rays with, I don't know, maybe the Phillies. Boom. Now the Rays get to play against the Nationals, the Mets, the Marlins, and the Braves. Think the, think the Rays could win that division? Sure. Now what have you built? A winning franchise who has a legitimate chance to go to the playoffs. Now what are you doing? You're getting playoff money. Now you're getting World Series money. Now you got a team that's making some money. Maybe they're selling a few things, and maybe they can afford a free agent. Bury them against New York and Red Sox? Good luck with that. How do you expect the how can the Rays compete against those other two teams? Now maybe they can on a case by case, year by year basis. That's possible. I'm not going to say they're not. But the Yankees can get the Yankees and Rays both wanted Edward, Edwin Encarnacion. Who's got him? Was there any doubt in your mind? The Yankees? The Yankees can get anybody they want at any time. Not even a question. Boom, gone, done, sold. They have the money. When you have money, you can do whatever you want. I want a Mercedes-Benz. Can I get one? No, I don't have the money. If I had the money and I wanted a Mercedes-Benz, you know what I'd do? Leave my house and go to Mercedes and get one. Yankees needed a power hitter. What do they do? Call up uh, Seattle and make a trade with Encarnacion. The Rays want one. You know what they do? They figure out which double-A hitter they can find or which scrap pile, heap, G-man, Choi kind of guy they can find and do it that way. That seems fair. That seems fair. Right? We both want a good dinner. You go to a restaurant, Danielle, because you have money. I got to go and buy a book and then read it by Danielle and then learn how to cook and then figure it out, and then maybe, just maybe, it will be one-tenth as good. But because you have money, you could go to Restaurant Danielle right now and eat, and you're happy. <laughs> that seems fair. That sound fair to you? Not fair to me. But that's, that, that's what we're playing in. 
That's what we're playing in. Those are the conditions. Why did the Rays get put in that division? The group of death. You are never, you may beat the Yankees and the, and the, Blue, and the Red Sox on a year-by-year basis. Maybe. Consistently, no. They will outspend you. The Rays can't make a mistake. They're a small market club. They can't afford to be wrong. Is this move going to put more money in the Rays bank to all of a sudden get them to get free agents? Because if it doesn't, then it's not a great deal. The Rays have to make great trades, like the Chris Archer trade. Great trade. The Rays have to hire clever coaches like Kevin Cash. The Rays have to be ingenious. The Yankees don't. It's a lot easier for the Yankees. But I know the answer to this question is that baseball doesn't want to get rid of the Tampa Bay Rays because they're too good. Trust me, if they sucked, if this was the Marlins that we talk about, bye, see you, didn't want to be you. And are the Marlins that far behind? You know what saved the Marlins? Derek Jeter. That's right, Derek Jeter. If there's baseball in Miami a decade from now, you can thank Derek Jeter. And the people in South Florida who've got big money, big money. Big. Stephen Ross, big money. Big money. Jeter's got the money. Jeter's got the funds. Jeter's got the backing. That South Florida has that. Southwest Florida doesn't have that. Don't have that. It's an unfair competition. Right? The Miami Dolphins do not draw very well, but they're not going anywhere. They're the Miami Dolphins. They will not go anywhere. There's money in Southwest Florida and Southeast Florida. They'll figure that out. They always do. The Marlins, they got a new stadium. They got things going on. No, yeah, I mean, you know, look, if it wasn't for Jeter, they'd be done. They'd be done. But the Marlins are not drawing a lot of people, but they've got good young pitching. Now they got to get some hitting. They're onto something. But even if they were onto something, they're not going to fill. They're not going to fill. Do you know when I saw that stadium in the most filled? When we had the, uh, the World Cup, when the Dominican Republic was playing Puerto Rico, when Venezuela was playing the U.S., it was packed. Packed because people represent. All the people from the DR and all the people from Puerto Rico, they came there, watched the game. They loved that. I've never seen that stadium bounce, rocking and rolling like it was. To see, Tampa, to, see, to see Miami against the Nationals, whatever. Not interesting. Got to think about that. Now, look, if you told me that Tampa Bay was going to split with Nashville or Vegas, now I can get behind it. But to split with Montreal, which has already failed? How does that make sense? Are Canadians clamoring for baseball? I, I haven't read the Canadian papers recently. I haven't read them. But I think on social media, I kind of know. But I have not heard any Canadians clamoring for baseball. Right? So, Sean says maybe they should move the race to Montreal full-time. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. 
But why move to a failing city? Why not no, move to no, Nashville no, no, or, or no, the biggest? No. It was a failing ownership group there uh, when the Expos moved away. Uh, they love baseball in Montreal. Love it. Uh, right. Haven't you? I'll give it a there's shot. a couple of documentaries out there too about the love of trying to bring the Expos back to Montreal, baseball back to Montreal. Yeah, I'll, there's a huge fan base out there's there. There's a core group. There's a core group of fans there. I believe there's a core group of fans in, in Montreal. But are they going to fill thirty-five thousand seats every night? Close to it, yeah, sure. Better than Tampa. Well, Tampa, you forget about it. I think you put Tampa in a bad situation. You put them in an unwinnable situation. You put them against the Yankees. You put them against the Red Sox. Give me a break. Tampa's really good. Put them in the other and the NL East. Give them a shot. That's a good point. I agree with you. Maybe yeah. I'm. Go ahead. No, I agree with yeah. you there. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about the Expos. No, yeah, Montreal is a great baseball uh, city. Uh, definitely, they should definitely explore uh, expansion, even if if the Tampa move isn't uh, legit. Well, I'm I'm open to reading more about that. I haven't heard that. I know they love their hockey. I know they love their Alouettes. I don't know how much they love baseball. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I know that ownership group was terrible, terrible. All right, when we come back. Yeah, there was an online championship, and we've got one of the participants, a friend of mine. Big Jerry Bryant's going to be on with us. We'll break down his team. Will I blast him on national I, I hope not. We'll be back right after I went down, 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 and the flame. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to madesailors.com. That's madesailors.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing daily fantasy baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. All right, we're back. It's full-time fantasy. I'm Dr. Roto. And if you want to play in one of our uh, great uh, games, just go to playffwc.com. 
We've got the online championship. We've got the draft and go baseball. We've got the fantasy football world championship. So you go to playffwc.com, and that's where you sign up. You find some of the best players in the world. And you could be drafting just like my next guest, a good friend of mine. His name is Jerry Bryant. His team is Daily Double. And he had the fourth pick last night. What's up, Jerry? How are you? Oh, great, man. Tough draft last night. One of the toughest I've been in. Did that surprise you? It's interesting you said that. I would think that a June draft would be easy. What made it difficult? Well, I disagree. The, the early drafts, that's when all the hardcores get in there. And, man, this was like uh, Big Phil said, this looked like the Scott Atkins Invitational here. It was tough. Yeah, this is when Scott calls all his buddies and says, we're drafting tonight, get on in the, the draft. Well, let me ask you right. this. I know there are hard players this time of year because you've got your, your, your guys who really are into it. But don't you think that the values are different in June than you'll find in August? Yeah, it changes quite a bit. You know, it, it, hell, it changes every week. But, uh, you know, it's real hard right now to, to determine, especially when you get in the middle rounds because you're picking guys you're not even sure is going to you know, be starting, and so, yeah, it's tough, but but like you say, uh, you know, you can get some guys you're sure about, you probably can get them easier at this point. I loved your draft pick. I think right now if I could draft four, I'm in the right spot because you're guaranteed to get one of the guys. Now, interestingly enough, McCaffrey went one, Barkley went two, Kamara went three. Were you ecstatic to get Zeke at four? Yeah, uh, I've got Zeke number two behind Barkley. Uh, of course, I'll take any one of those. And I think those at this point, those are the prime spots, one through four. Of course, things change as we go, but I think right now those are, without a doubt, the best spots to be in. All right, so in round number two, I want to break this down for people out here, Jerry. There was uh... – would you have taken Travis Kelsey firstly if he was there? Would you have taken him, or do you not like taking the tight end early? I tr I'm trying not to. It's hard not to take him, uh, especially down, you know, at pick, you know, 21 or whatever that is. But I, you know, I, I'm, I really like to get two or three running backs and about four receivers in those first four picks. Uh, it's tempting, and I've done it a few times, but uh, I'm trying to avoid it. <laughs> so my question to you is, if James Conner had dropped to you, would you have taken him over Antonio Brown, or did you like the value of Brown? I will not probably have Conner, Cooper, uh, Mahomes, any of those guys on any of my teams because I will not pick on where they're being picked, and I would not have. I will not pick Connor in the first two rounds. What don't you like about James Connor? I, you know, I had him last year and he was great, but I'm just, I'm just worried about the team. You know, their offense, I, I think, might struggle a little more than normal. And uh, yeah, you, know, you got Samuels, you got the rookie, just not. Of course, I'll this will change. I'll be saying something different next week, probably, but. Right now, I probably won't have Connor on any teams. Now, you mentioned Amari Cooper's a guy that you won't have. Why won't you have Cooper? Well, I'm a big Cowboys fan, but, man, I just I just can't pick him where they're picking him. Uh, you know, if he falls down late three or four, early four, maybe I'll get him. But I, I just 
they're going to be so run heavy. They always are. And, you know, you always have that fluke factor. You know, he was unbelievable the last eight games. But will that continue? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I hope it does because I'm a Cowboys fan. But but I just now, he's one of those guys I won't get. Now, you mentioned Connor Cooper Mahomes. Was there a fourth guy that you said you wouldn't get? Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, there's a few guys. Um, you said Connor Cooper Mahomes. I may have missed one. Right. No, I think I'm drafting everybody else. Okay. Now, why? Now, Mahomes, is it because you won't take him where he's going to go because it's going to be too early? Yeah, he, yeah, he, you know, last night's draft, he went six, sixth round. That was the latest I've seen him. Typically, it's been going, he's been going three or four. And of course, I ain't going to pick him there. Uh, I, but I'm a going against the grain on the quarterbacks. I will usually pick them before most of these guys do seven or eight. And I'll take them in seven or eight rounds. But, and a lot of, like, like last night, I knew these guys weren't going to start picking them about the 10th round. So I was able to wait a little bit longer. But Mahomes, I just there's no way I'm going to take him any quarterback in the top five rounds. All right, I love your third round pick. You got Stephon Diggs. Were you hoping to get Thielen, or were you just as happy to get to Diggs? Uh, good story on that. I had uh, the third round pick was number 28. I had 27. This will tell you how tough this draft was last night. I had 27 guys in my queue. All 27 went by the time my 28th pick came. And Thielen was the 27th, and Andrew picked him. And so I I think this was the mistake I made in the draft. You know, I, I typically like to take a running back in the third round, make the second running back. So well, who would you, have taken? would you have taken Fournette or Williams or Jones? Well, when I looked at it, I said there are 16 picks, and there's nine running backs I like as running back two. I said there's a good chance one of those guys are going to get back to me. And I knew Mallon, who picked after me, was going to take Erders because he's been going one of those top three tight ends in every draft. Okay? So basically I had 15 picks. And nine of those guys were running backs that I wanted as running back two. So I took a chance and said, I'm going to take, you know, my next receiver, and I think I can get one of those running backs on the way back. And I was wrong. They they all went. And the pick right before me, Ingram, was the last one on my list, and Mallon got him. And he, Mallon drafted five running backs with his first five picks, so – so that's that's the mistake I made. You know, I took a chance. Jerry, I can, I, can I stop? Can I stop you for a second, Jerry? I don't want I don't sure. want you to go to bed. I don't want you to go to bed tonight thinking you made a mistake, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> you can't predict stupidity, and I think the team next to you was stupid. I really do. I don't think you take five running backs and one tight end with your first six picks, and that that he took. In, I'm not saying Ingram was a bad pick, mind you. I'm just saying. Strategically, there's no way you could have seen that coming. That's a permutation of a team that, to me, I've never seen before, and I don't think that's a winner right there. So, I mean, I can see what you're saying, but that guy was out of was a little bit out of his mind. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and and again, it, I, 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 I was thinking the same way you are. You're talking right now. I was going to get one of those guys coming back. So so now I'm strong at quarterback, strong at receiver, strong at running back one, and weak, very weak at running back two, and tight end as always. So. Well, let but, me ask you this: then, if you had to do it, if you had to do it over again, if you had a crystal yeah. ball and you knew what was going to happen, which running back would you have taken at that spot? I like there, there's certain guys I like more than others, and of course they keep falling on my team. And one of them is Damian Williams. I may have picked him, but I've picked him so many times that I may have passed on him. And because people are picking him later, right? So I'm thinking, oh, maybe I've got him overranked. So my guess is I would have taken Aaron Jones or Fournette, another one that most people don't like. I like more than others. So it would, it probably would have been Fournette or Jones. We're talking to Jerry Bryant, who's a great uh, high-stakes fantasy player. We love having him at uh, the Fantasy Football World Championships. See him out in Vegas often. Um, here's a question for you, Jerry. You draft a lot, right? And that's you're, you're always one of those guys in drafts. You right. made a comment that you have so much Damian Williams that sometimes you, you, you'd go elsewhere. But do you think that might be a mistake? Like, if you like Williams, shouldn't you take Williams? Or do you feel the need to diversify because you have so many teams? Well, that's a great question. And, and you're right. I think about that all the time. And the thing is, early in the season, what you don't want to do is draft the same guys over and over because it's so early. These guys get hurt. And, you know, you, I think early in the draft season, you have to diversify because you can, you know, if you've got the same guy on a bunch of teams and he gets hurt preseason, which happens all the time, then you're, you know, you're in trouble. So that's my thinking there. I, Later on in the year, I, I won't do that. But this early, I, I think you almost have to do that. I think that's actually the right answer. I think you're right. Because, I, I mean, if you had all every guy, if you had guys on every team last year, you would be done in every league. So I think you're probably right that early on, you've got to have a, little, a, a few shares of everybody. But as you get closer, you've got to hone in on the one or two guys you really like. Exactly. All right, let's take a look at your fourth-round guy. Chris Godwin is flying up draft boards. I mean, really flying up draft boards. Do you feel like you took him too soon? You took him at the right point? What's your thoughts on Godwin? I took him higher than I typically do, but about where everybody else is. You know, I'm not as high on him as others are because I'm not sure he's that – you know, I, I don't know. I've watched him play, and I, I love great football players. And I'm not sure he's that good. Now, he may be in a good situation there, and he's, you know, he had, had a lot of touchdowns last year. People are picking him high. I picked him just because I don't have him on any teams. Everybody else is picking, and I said, well, maybe they know something I don't. Be honest with you. That's exactly why I picked him. There. So you're like, maybe this guy knows something. Maybe he's smart. I'll just take him. Exactly. He's the first you're time smart, I picked Jerry. him. <laughs> well, 
right, let me you you made a comment earlier in this interview about not getting good tight ends. Is that a philosophy you have where you're like, all right, it's okay if I'm a weak at tight end? Well, every if you look at these teams here, and, and, and trust me, these are some of the best drafters I went up up against all year. I mean, they, these guys are. This is as tough as it gets in Vegas, even. I mean, and all teams have a weakness at some spot, right? You, you can go through every team, and every single team is going to be weak in one spot or two spots. And I'm typically weak at tight end, and and I, that's just what I choose. And so I, I typically wait on them. And in this case, I ended up with Hooper. You know, who knows what he's going to do? But it, you know, that's not you know that's not a tight end one that I'm up to start. But, but you have to accept the fact that you're going to be weak in certain positions. I, I, just, I like Cooper. I think he's a very good pick in the round 11. I do. I think this, the, my question to you, though, is if you didn't love Hooper, why not get a second tight end maybe in that round 14 through 16? Why wait till round 20 and do a throwaway with Will Disley? Well, this early in the year, I always pick up somebody on the waiver wire starts and, and that you know that's something i've been wondering about this year I, you know quarterback i'm drafting one quarterback and one tight end and i'm taking a chance that of course the quarterback don't get hurt tight end gets hurt i can pick somebody up but i'm not typically drafting backups at those positions and just piling up on running backs and wide receivers of course, that's you know June the twentieth. I I typically change as the season goes, so that's just where I'm at right now. I think that's a brilliant idea, and I think you almost did that to a T. Except, why take the Cleveland Browns in round nineteen? Why not get another running back or another receiver? Well, hell, I, at that point, there's hard to find any of that. Um, and and what I've been doing with the defense is, I typically take. Philadelphia, because I love their week one matchup. And I like Cleveland's week one match, matchup. I like Baltimore, Dallas. So on defense, I wait to the end. I take one of those guys, one of those teams, and then just stream them the rest of the year. I love your thought process, Jerry. You, you know, you really, when I hear you speak, you are an experienced, high stakes drafter. And that is such a, a skill set because you can win any league because you know exactly what you want out of your picks. How long did it take you to perfect what you do? Well, I've, I've been doing this for 25 years. I've been running a home league here in Houston area for 25 years. And we've got some pretty much the same guys and God damn, they're good. They're, they've gotten better, you know, very good players. And when I went to scout, you know, uh, what five six years ago you know this was a whole different level here and and uh i, I guarantee you i've learned just from playing with these guys that's you know full-time what we call it now scout because these are the best players um, i guarantee you they are so so i've just learned by playing in these leagues what do you think the biggest difference is? And we've got a little less than two minutes to go. What's the biggest difference between playing in your home league and playing in a high-stakes league? 
Well, the home league, you know all the guys. You know who they're going to pick. Uh, it's more of a fun thing. And, of course, uh, the the leagues here are fun. That, that's why I do it, because they're so much fun. And But the, the level of expertise, it's amazing to me how much better the drafters are in, the, in these leagues now as they were last year and the year before. Each year they get better and better. And it's the point now where it's it's you're you're going up against almost experts every draft it seems like. Well, Jerry, I wish you much luck this season. It was great having you on. I love your insight, and I'm looking forward to seeing you soon. Okay, thank you, Doc. You got to talk soon. That's Jerry Bryan. His team is daily double, and I'll make a comment. Jerry was in a beat Doctor Roto draft, and I think it was him. I want to say it was him. And Jerry wrote something to the effect in a chat room. He goes, "I learned something new in all of these drafts." And, and I love that outlook. I do. I love that outlook because that is the right way to look at it. Every draft you're in, you get smarter. Every time you play, you learn another nuance and you perfect your craft. And that's how you win. You've got to be the best at it. And it takes time. And Jerry puts in the effort and he really does. And it pays off for him. So kudos to Jerry. All right, going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll, take, we'll pivot till the night in baseball DFS. MLB DFS when we return right after this. If you've heard of WeatherTech floor liners, you probably know that for your vehicle's floor, nothing protects better. But what about protection for the rest of your car or truck? I'm David McNeil, founder of WeatherTech. Besides our floor liners, we design, engineer, and manufacture a wide range of automotive accessories right here in America. And just like our floor liners, everything is done to the highest standards possible. We understand what kind of investment owning a vehicle can be, so we do everything possible to help you protect it. We don't take shortcuts, and we never make concessions when it comes to quality. For everything from cargo liners to cleaning and detailing supplies to mud flaps and car covers, the one place you need to go is WeatherTech.com. So if you are familiar with our floor liners, just imagine how well the rest of our products will work for you. Learn more about our full line of automotive accessories at WeatherTech.com or call 1-800-CARMATS, WeatherTech.com. Proudly made in America. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. Especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. Do you want two risk-free wagers up to $1,000? If so, go to PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Open yourself up a PointsBet sports wagering account. Enter the promo code grid and you'll get two risk-free bets of up to $1,000. In addition to traditional betting, PointsBets also offers its own betting concept where customers, they're rewarded by how much they win their bet. That's PointsBet.com forward slash grid. Enter the promo code grid and get your two risk-free Free bets of up to $1,000 today. All right, we're back. My man Sean in the booth was quizzing me about movie songs. I nailed it. Breakfast Club, great movie. I hit you, you hit the floor. Yeah, I'm you nailed that pretty, pretty uh, quickly, too. 
And what's that? And the other guy who died. Oh, I missed. I missed, You know the guy who died from that movie, right? John Hughes. Yeah, the, uh, the teacher. No, well, John Hughes is dead, right? But the teacher, the guy who's the. Uh, oh the yeah, you're right. The you're head right. Of the detention. Oh, I can't think he of his died name. in that movie too. I got you for seven weeks, uh, whatever. Was, right? <laughs> right, right. With Judd Nelson. Yeah, you're mine for the next seven weeks. But uh, you had an interesting question also over the break. What was that question again? Let me hear it again. Your favorite Tom Cruise movie from 1980 through 2000. So we're talking the first 20 years in the biz, basically. So we're looking at movies like Risky Business. Yeah, Top Gun, right. Rain Man, Days of Thunder, um, Jerry Maguire, Mission Impossible. I love Jerry Maguire, dude. I love Jerry Maguire. Yeah, me too. Me too. That's such a such Magnolia. Um, I, I didn't see that one. No. Did you see all the right moves? No, I did not see that one. Oh, that's a good one. Where he plays a college, uh, a high school football player. Better than so Top he's a high Gun, school though? football player. Yeah. No, no. Well, see, Tom, there's some nuances in Top Gun that are really bad. So, you know, I played semi-pro volleyball. Tom Cruise is like five seven, and he's hitting straight down on a volleyball net. Let me tell you something about that <laughs> that's volleyball. That's the weirdest net. Uh, scene of that movie. Volleyball too. that's close to eight feet, dude. Yeah, that is a <laughs> yeah, fake yeah. net yeah. in that movie. <laughs> of all the things, that's the thing I'm you pick out. That that's out great. There for that's you. great. Yeah. yeah, I'm just telling you, this is fake. I do like Goose. I do like uh, Iceman. I mean, I, Maverick, mean, I like yep. the guys. I think it's so yeah, it's so over the top. You know, the, those uh, those those scenes in that movie with Val Kilmer. You know, like seriously, uh, Rain Man is really good though. That is one of his best performances. Have you seen that recently? Yeah, uh, not recently, but yeah, I've, I've seen it. I, I watched that recently. It's really good. Dustin Hoffman's performance is excellent, too. Like, that kind of takes away from Tom Cruise because it's more Dustin Hoffman's movie, don't you think? Well, no, Dustin, Dust, well, you know, it's interesting you say that because Dustin Hoffman may be one of the best five actors ever to live. I mean, that's how good he is. And for Tom Cruise not to get lost in that movie. Is makes makes good you point. realize that's how a good, good point. He is. Yeah, that is a good point. I haven't thought of it that way, but yeah, you're right. Because you can't stand up next to Dustin Hoffman. I mean, Dustin Hoffman is just. Did you ever see Midnight Cowboy? Somebody just brought that up. That that movie? No, no. Uh, someone said, oh. "How do you, how have you not seen that movie?" Oh my God, he's with John Voight. He plays Ratso Rizzo. I'll give you Dustin Hoffman movies, dude. You want to see Midnight Cowboy? Have you ever seen Papillon? No, no. Oh, with Steve McQueen. No, no. Dude, oh, no. Color of Money is another oh Tom Cruise God. movie. Color of Money. Color, Color of Money is great. Color of Money is great. Have you seen Kramer versus Kramer? No, but uh, no, I have not. But I know one best picture. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is like he plays uh, a father who gets divorced, and Meryl Streep is the wife, right? So you know it's good because Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep's in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. So you, you already know the movie's good, and he, she leaves them, and he's with his son. And the beginning of the movie, he's making French toast. And the kid's like, you don't do it like mommy does it. You don't do it like mommy does it. And he is a train wreck, right? Yeah. And he just doesn't know what's going on. He is like the worst, the, the worst father ever. And then by the end of the movie, they develop a routine. And he develops into being a great father. And it's, it's awesome. And you realize that how and it's because it's the first movie where a dad really steps up in that divorce situation and really becomes that you know takes care of a kid which back then no men didn't do that right you know the kid always went with mom now kid you know that really was a pivotal movie and maybe and when you think about it in americana because back then everybody in a divorce situation always went to mom and you saw your dad every other weekend 
I'll put it on the list. I'll put it, it on the, the list. Daz- yeah, dude, it showed that dads could actually do stuff. Now, when d- divorces happen, it's like one week with mom, one week with dad. You know, it's it's way more even. And I, I give Dustin Hoffman credit for that. He is a great actor. What's the other? Little Big Man. Did you ever see Little Big Man? No. No, you, you're killing me here. But no, I'm not. I haven't seen a lot of his movies. With me, you don't, you don't yeah. want to get in a movie contest with me. I'm really good at this stuff. He was good in that where he plays this like 100-year-old Indian and he talks about all the things that happened. Over the years of how we screwed the Indians out of everything, pretty much. It's great. It's great. Ah, oh, I love movies. So you're going to go with all the right moves, huh? Tom Cruise? I'll give all the right moves as the most underrated Tom Cruise movie. Not the best, the most underrated. It's underrated. Oh, The Firm. The Firm's another one. A few good men. A few good men has o- to be the up firm's there. Over. A few good men is oh, really good. Oh, that is good. excellent. A few good men is yeah. Off the charts good. But, you know, he's Agreed. not even the best guy in that movie. No, it's Jack Nicholson. I mean, Jack Nicholson is the, yeah. the best guy in the movie. But that, once again, shows you that Tom Cruise You want me on that wall. You Nicholson. got me on that wall. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Nobody can stand up to Jack Nicholson, but Tom Cruise can. Oh, uh, I got to I got to yeah. get, you it's know, you, you're inspiring me here. <laughs> Hold on a second. <laughs> yeah. So if I type in Tom Cruise movies. movies. All right, Tom Cruise movies. Oh, I could have done Tom Cruise. So what do I go? I am, uh, oh, here it is. This is interesting here. All right. How do I get the list? Oh, okay. Oh, so you said 1980? Oh, Born on the Fourth of July? Uh, yeah, that was another one of his good Dude, ones. Did you ever see that yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Did yeah. you see that? Vietnam vet comes, you know what, comes back my, home. Yep. Yeah. Far and away, I always like that movie, even though it's crappy. And you know what other movie I like that's crappy? I like Cocktail. Oh, Cocktail. Yes. One of my favorites. Yes. Cocktail. Yeah, I, love I know that. it's kind of cheesy, but it's good. I love it. Ryan Flanagan, yeah, yeah Flanagan's so Cocktails good. and Dreams, so it's good. The cheesiest movie. Martin ever. Sheen's in yeah. it. Yeah, it's great. And then, uh, well, the guy, his, the Australian guy, Brian Brown's in that, and he meets his he meets Elizabeth Shue in Jamaica. Yeah, yeah, you know, that is like cheesy. Elizabeth Shue looked good um, in that movie. Yep, she did. She, she did. did. Yep. I don't know. Mag- I haven't seen Magnolia. Minority Report was pretty good. Oh, you know what's also good? The Last Samurai. You ever see The Last Samurai? No. Is that, is, yeah. Dude. No, I haven't seen that. Do you one. get out at all? No, the I don't Last watch a Samurai. lot of movies. The Last Samurai. Really good. He plays an American who's drunk, and the Japanese offer him money to help train them to go up against the samurai, and he gets captured by the samurai, okay. and then he learns their ways, and then he becomes like kind of Japanese by the end. Oh, that's I cool. got to watch it. Uh, what about Vanilla Sky? I didn't see Vanilla. Oh, Scott, that's a good one. But I Cameron know Diaz. Yeah, it's a really good. It's really sad. Yeah, no, she's hot. Yeah, no, I but like Minority Report too. Yeah, I Minority Report. Is I think very I did underrated. see Minority Report. Uh, I forget. Do you yeah. know where they where they kill where they stop it's you? Futuristic, from right? It's a futuristic movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they have thought crimes, so they already know you're going to do the crime before you do it. Probably bits and pieces. No, I don't know if I've seen the whole oh, thing. Dude, Minority yeah. Report is good. All right. Yeah, I'll, I like I'll, that movie. I'll put it on the list. All right, hold on. I'm going to do another one for you because you you've inspired me. All right. All right. You're gonna. You got to write these down. See, you don't want to get into. You never talk to me about um, TV or movies. I'm, I'm better I'm with TV like right though, there, but man. movies now. All right, so let's see. Dustin Hoffman. Did you ever see Tootsie? No, no. He's a crossdresser. No, no, no. No, no. Okay, but it's, well, he was the first. Right. He was the first of that whole genre. It's amazing because it's a really good movie. And he is good in it. He's great in it. 
So you need to see Tootsie. You got to put that on your top two list. Because that's just, <laughs> right. and Bill Murray's got a cameo in that, and Bill Murray's the best. All right. Did you see The Graduate? Of course, that's his, his claim to fame. No, no. Yeah, Mrs. Robbins. Right. right. Midnight right. Cowboy, you got to see. So you got to see Midnight Cowboy, Papillon. He was in Ledley Bruce, Marathon Man. Nope. With Sir Lawrence Olivier. Oh, what year are we talking? That was 1976. So yeah, Sir no. Lawrence Olivier plays like this uh, spy, and he thinks that Dustin Hoffman has whatever it is, and he's like this dentist, and he's drilling like without Novocaine, and he's like, is it safe? Is it safe? He keeps <laughs> on going after and Dustin Hoffman. It's really good. Oh, my God. Freaky. Kramer versus Kramer. Oh, Rain Man. Man, so many good movies he's been in. Hook. Did you see Hook? Yes. Yes, I, I did see Hook. And there's a movie that nobody's ever seen called Wag the Dog. I've heard of it, but no, I've not seen it. Robert one. De Niro. Yeah. So what happens is in that one, there's a the president um, sleeps with a Firefly girl. Let's call it, just call her a Girl Scout. About a week before the election, so his handler contacts Dustin Hoffman to create a war, a fake war, one week before the election. <laughs> and so they have a fake war against Albania. <laughs> Albania Falcon. That's funny. And it's only done on TV, right? You see pictures about this Albanian girl. It's all fake, by the way. It's all fake. And they have like a, mu- a music video, you know, about Albania, the whole thing. So people are distracted from the president sleeping with the 17-year-old girl in the, in the Oval Office. And he wins the election. And Dustin Hoffman plays the producer. Okay. It's genius. Dude, I, I can literally watch movies all day. You could go on. Yeah, you, you, yeah. I, can, I could go you love on. these I stuff. All right, I do. I really love this stuff. And I love really good. Uh, and, you know, he's been in a lot of good stuff like pa- Kung Fu Panda. I've seen that, yeah. He, he's Master Shifu. Oh, right. He's very good. <laughs> right? He's the, he's the guy that does that. It's actually a very entertaining movie. <laughs> oh, Kung Fu Panda yeah. is awesome, dude. Fantastic, yeah. You can't not like Kung Fu Panda. I mean, I'm not into cartoon movies, but that's like right, right either, there in my yeah. top list. Yeah, it's really good. Jack Black and Dustin Hoffman. Oh, yeah. That's good. Great. Two great actors. All right. You have a list. You have a responsibility. I'll get back to you. Yes. Get back to me. Get back to me. You All got right? it. All right. Okay. All right. So I guess we'll do TFS Baseball in the next segment. But, uh, yeah, what is your favorite? You guys can chime in. What's your favorite Tom Cruise movie and Dustin Hoffman movie? Maybe I missed one. Maybe you guys know something that uh, about them that I didn't. But everybody's got their own. I think that's a beautiful thing about you know actors and actresses is that everybody likes something. But Sean, I'll tell you something interesting. Do you watch Big Little Lies? Nope. All right. So Meryl Streep is in it this year. There was a thing on Meryl Streep in the Entertainment Magazine. In every movie she's ever been in, she changes something about whether it's her hair. Or glasses, like she's got a person who just changes her look in every single movie. So she's never the same person twice. It's genius. Okay. All right. I'll have to check that out. Uh, Meryl Streep. Yeah, I'm trying to think really, of it. It's, it's really off the charts. What's her most really recent movie, though? Who's? Meryl Streep. Do I have to do, I have to do another search? Forget it. I just... Well, she's in, she's in Big Little Lies now. Okay. We'll look at her there. All right, Meryl Streep movies. All right, one moment, please. Please hold. All right, here we are. Meryl. Well, she was in The Devil Wears uh, Prada. Okay, I've seen that actually. 
Don't ask me uh, why. Little Woman, Big Little Lies, Mamma Mia. She was in Mamma Mia. Okay. All right. No, it's, uh, the other one. Bell. There was another movie. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Julia and Julia. Okay, that might have been it. But where she plays the, the, Devil the Wears, French the Devil Wears Prada. People know Chef her a lot for that one. Yeah, the Devil Wears Prada was she was good, but she was good at Julia and Julia. She played Julia Child. You would have thought it was freaking Julia Child on TV. Yeah, she looked very. Yeah, I, I saw the uh, attract coming attraction set out. Yeah, yeah, that's how good she is, dude. Did I tell you about what my daughter did? No. Have you seen Rocket Man yet? No, Elton John's movie. No. All right, it's 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 really good. It's really good. So, do you know that the the big billboards that they have in a movie? Sure. The huge, you know, like twelve feet billboards. Absolutely, yeah. So my daughter decided she wanted that for her room. That's so impossible. She makes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. She goes and makes me reserve it she goes down and reserves it and so they say okay and then the lady goes you need to take it apart i go what i could I, wow. there's no way i could do that so basically the lady takes it apart and my wife and daughter and i go look i'm not even dealing with this i'm not even getting near this they go back to the movie theater they make a, three car trips and my daughter rebuilt from scratch and it is in her room right that's now. amazing it's amazing right yeah i'll put it on twitter I'll Pretty put it cool. on Twitter because yeah. it just, yeah, I'm like, look, I can barely draw a straight line. And this girl's literally like rebuilding uh, movie props in her room. That's pretty cool. You know, truth <laughs> yeah, be told, it is literally bigger than her room. <laughs> but I will, tweet, I will tweet it out so people can see it because it's unreal. The talent. I mean, I don't know. I can barely get out, out of bed in the morning. And she's like putting together like movie set things that are, that are 12, that I think it's 12 feet long. So when you open the door, it's there, and it's, it goes to the wall. And I'm like, can't we just put it in the hallway? At least let people see your work. But yeah. she loves it so much that she wants to see it. That's awesome. Crazy, right? All right, what can I tell you? So I'm going to talk about this guy, by the way, in, my, in the next segment when I do the DFS. But I need you, I need you to go use Zach Gallon tonight. I know Craig Mish talked about it. And they gave him a, a thing here on Rotowire. Gallon will be promoted. Craig Mish of FNTSY reports. Look at that. Mish getting a little credit there. Good for him. Hardworking guy. Nice guy, too. So, Zach Gallon, can I just tell you these numbers? They are uh, really good 91 innings, 48 hits, 112 strikeouts, 17 walks, nine wins. He's got an ERA of 1.77, a whip of 0.71. That's how good he is. And on DraftKings tonight, you can get him for $7,300. And here's the beauty of why you're going to listen to me and play him. Because most, not all, most of these guys, you know, the Sharks, don't know him yet. They don't know minor leaguers. They wait. Now, the problem... Oh, he's there in FanDuel, too. Oh, I love you, FanDuel. You're finally coming to the 21st century. He's 7,000 on FanDuel. I'm 100% playing him. 100% in. Lock him in. Visionary style. You're going to play Zach Allen. 100%. You may lose. It's okay. Don't worry about it. When a dude's got a .71 whip, I'll take my shot at 7K. Get him in your lineup. Will you do that for me, please? I am I'm literally begging you. 
I'm literally begging you because I want you to be my rich friend. So even if you don't play DFS, give him a shot. I think the guy goes six innings, maybe gets eight strikeouts. I don't know if he gets the win, but Adam Wainwright's a train wreck. Oof. So Zach Gallen, and good for FanDuel, good on FanDuel. I'm very proud of them for not screwing this up, right? So, by the way, I missed this before, so let me get this in. Get in the game at DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of the show can get a risk-free bet up to $500. Life is more fun when you have skin in the game, so test your skills at DraftKings. The game inside the game, go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK to claim your risk-free $500 bet. That's a $500 risk-free bet at DraftKings Sportsbook when you go to sportsgrid.com backslash DK. Claim your risk-free bet today. All right, will you do that for me? Take DK's money, and maybe you want to do that risk-free bread on Zach Gallon. Maybe on the money line. All right? You might want to do that. But I promise you, we got a little off track with the movies. I love these movies. But we will. Oh, good song. All right? I will. Uh, you, the money line's, money line's going to be good on the Marlins tonight. St. Louis minus 195. Take the Marlins. Take a shot. We'll be back right after this. <laughs> 